0: This joy that I had, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I had, the world didn't give it to me. Well, this joy that I had, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, so the world can't take it away. This peace that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Where held this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This peace that I have. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. That sums up our Sunday school um,
1: lesson. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I, I thank you today for being a God that always has our back, Father. Lord, I thank you for listening to us and for watching over us and caring for us god i thank you for it god in the name of jesus lord i thank you lord for loving us father when we didn't love ourselves god when others didn't show love toward us god even when they tried to show fake love god you were still there loving us god and we thank you for it father i thank you for giving us a random chance god Father, you died for us, Father, in the name of Jesus. And today we stand with no worry, God. We don't stand with worry, God. We don't stand trying to figure out what's next for us, God. You've always been our rear guard, God. And we thank you for it, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Father for the fear that you have released us from, God, and for teaching us, God, that fear is not of you. God, you're a God that's always doing it. You did it yesterday, God. You did it today, God, and you'll do it tomorrow, God. We thank you, Father, for being everything. We thank you for being the oxygen in the air, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the nutrients in the soil, God. We thank you for being the life and the flowers, God, being places that man cannot be, God, You've shown yourself just like you showed Mary in the cave, God, that you can come from death and stand before her, God. Lord, we thank you for it in the name of Jesus, God. I thank you for being able to call out your names, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father, for being God, the El Shaddai, God, for being Adonai, God. Lord, I thank you for being Elohim, God. I thank you, God, for being the almighty and the most complex, God, God for being the father, God. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for never giving up on us, Jesus. God, we've mailed you, failed you in so many ways. And just like we've talked about, go God heal, God. We've reminded you of that place so many times by the decisions that we've made, but you've forgiven us for it, God. And we thank you for it, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. As we go into our word, Father, Father, we pray that you'll take us places we've never been before, that you'll give us knowledge of you that we've never been before. We seek that in you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we seal this prayer as a family, God, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah, I'm thankful to God today because he's taken me down a different road this week and I and I kind of want to share it with you. I've been proposed with the question, where, where was God before he created us? I've been proposed with the question, where was God? What was he doing before the creation of the earth? the atheist, the unbeliever was questioning me as to how real is the God that you serve. And that took me on a whirlwind because I understand now that it's a question that many skeptics have had in regards to the authenticity of the God that we serve. And so I began to go and I look for that. And then this morning when I woke up, God reminded me that we're in a season of intellect. This COVID thing has so so many different reasons, but the reason that he gave me this morning was because we are in a season of intellect, a season of learning. And there has been studies proven already that shows that the church is getting more knowledge in this season than it did before. Hmm. Not only in the church, but also in the schools. They're they're saying that the children, 89% of the children are learning more because of the homeschooling. So God has brought us in to learn things that are normally not caught on to because of the hype or the, the environment or the things that we are around. It's not giving us that one-on-one time that God wants us to have with him. And so being challenged with this question, I wanted to bring it to the forefront to you all as well. And I found out that God gives us clues in his word that I had not noticed before. The Hebrew, this new Hebrew wave, they say that Habakkuk says that God came from Taman. It's it's in Habakkuk 3 and 3. Totally out, uh, taking the scripture out of context. He did come from Taman, but not in the original state. He was simply coming from the east because that's where Tamman was when Habakkuk was speaking. He was coming in from the the east, but that was not talking about the origination or what he was doing before Genesis. Has anybody else uh, taken the time out to try and answer that question? Has it ever been opposed to you all before, her, is it just me? Okay. The idea or the question came from the atheist Leon, is that one scripture, but also science. Because science says that everything is supposed to come from a cause. It says that something that exists has to come from something else that exists. But I came to tell you that God does not come from cause because if he came from cause, then he would not be God. Let me say that again. Science says anything that exists, babies, flowers, dirt, anything that exists had to come from cause, which means it came from something else that exists. And they say that nothing can come from nothing. Okay, But with God, (laughs) he would not be God if he came from something that he created. If he came from cause, God does not need cause to be because he is. And that's what makes him God. And then the question came to me was, well, what was he doing? If he was here already, what was he doing? And my answer to them was, he was loving on us before anything started. Okay, well, prove it. And that's when I began to dig. First thing was, you cannot compare God to time. Well, how was he spending his time was the question. Okay. Well, where does time come from? Time comes from the position of things in outer space. So to question God about what he was doing with his time is a senseless question because time had not yet been put into position. Space had not been put there. The outer space had not been put there. The stars had not been put there yet to even ask the question of how God was spending his time because time didn't exist. He was the creator of space. He was the creator of the rotation of the earth. God created that in Genesis. So to ask the question, how was God spending his time before the creation is the dumbest question on the face of this earth because time had not yet been put in place because he had not put the stars up there. He had not created the heavens or the earth yet. So to put time on Jesus, it's a senseless issue. It's a fleshly argument. Let's go to Psalms 90 and four. Someone else go to Colossians 117. And I'm gonna try to go slow with this because I'm thinking somewhere along the line, someone is gonna challenge your walk like they're challenging mine. Mm. Psalms 90 and four says this, for a thousand years in your sight or like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night, What that is saying is God's timing and our timing does not match. It solidifies the idea of the question of how was God spending his time before the earth? Where did he come from? Who made God? None of that makes sense because why God's timing is not like ours. It says a thousand years in your sight is like a day. We can't even equate with the tick-tock of God's wave. We can't put hours on him. We can't put minutes on him. Because the scripture says for a thousand years in your sight is like a day that has gone by. We can't equate that in our minute mind. Colossians 1.17 says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He was before all things, and he's not made of a cause. (laughs) He comes from nothing because he is and has always been. Someone said to me, that's not enough. They challenged me and said God had to come from somewhere. (laughs) Second Peter three and eight says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a year is like a day. Just confirming what we have already said. So the question is again, what was God doing? If your God is real, Where did he come from? He just poofed in out of the atmosphere? I was determined to answer the question. What was he doing? John 17 and 24. We're going to answer that question this morning. Anybody
2: want to read it? John 17 and what?
1: 24.
2: Father, I want those who have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world.
1: Hear that? (laughs) He says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you gave me, Father. You loved me before the foundation of the world, before let there be. Jesus was having a conversation with his father about loving us. And he got our back. Before the foundation of this earth was put together, he was conversing with his father. He was expressing his heart's desire for this creation. Jesus was loving us before he made us. The question comes again, what was he doing before he made this earth? He was spending time loving us. what he was doing. He was having a conversation and planning of what he was going to do for us and with us. It says before the foundation of this world. And then the apostle Paul spoke of God's eternal plan also in Ephesians 1 and 4. He says just as he chose us in him Before the foundation of this world, that we should be holy and without blame before us in love. He was setting standards for us also. That's what he was doing. He was loving us and creating standards for us. Why? Because he was including us as being in him. The scripture says in him. He was adding us. He was including us. So what was he doing before? Genesis, he was making plans with his father for us. It's right there in his word. You see that? If you go over to where Paul was in Titus, he was also speaking of the promises of God. Go to Titus 1 and 2. Anybody want to read that?
3: I have it. This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began.
1: Hello. God made promises to us. God was loving on us. God was having a conversation and putting standards together for us before anything were made. We were born with eternal life destined. That's what that scripture is saying. His promises. God was busy creating opportunity for us before the beginning. Yes, there it is. Who did God make this promise to if we weren't made yet? Hmm. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie promised before time, he was making a promise to his father. You see that? There was nobody else made at that time to make a promise to. So he's making a promise to his father.
2: The
3: usual stuff that you so, 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 so. so
1: what was God doing before he made us? He was loving us. He was having Is a conversation I mean, about us. He was planning eternal life before the foundations of this world, before anything ever happened. Where did he come from? He didn't come from a cause, because if he came from a cause, he wouldn't be God. Interesting. Genesis 1 and 2. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. Listen to this part. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. What spirit is that? The Holy Spirit was here. That was the spirit. Everything was put in place. God was planning before the beginning, and now he's still planning after the end. That's why dad said, we don't have to be afraid of death. God has it all put in order. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God didn't need a whole bunch of people around to be birthed from, to come from something. He was, is. Even after his his resurrection. If you go to John 17 and 5, he says, and now, Father, glorify me with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. He's, he's letting us know that there was something before the world was. What am I saying to you today? Don't you understand how precious we are with God? even before he created man and woman, before he created the foundations of this world, the reality of who he is had already existed. I have learned today that even those that we have looked at to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, have lived a life for Christ, have praised God, have danced for the Lord, Sometimes ask, I wonder if all of this is really real. Am I wasted my time? Have questioned it. I've even heard someone say, I would rather it do it all and it not be real than to do it all, and it is real. The atheists are working for Satan himself to try and steer us away from the truth. Science cannot outweigh God's word. Science cannot prove God's word. God's word is what it is. So when your faith is challenged, about where God is or where God was or what was God doing before he made this earth? Where did he come from? Answer them with, with what does blue smell like? What does green taste like? In other words, it's a dumb question, and God does not desire for us to know everything. If he wanted us to know everything, he would have made it even clearer and right in our face. All things are not for us to know, and when we know too much, we get it out of context, like the science and the atheists do, as an attempt to cancel out God will not happen. Share your thoughts, saints. Pastor Mahone.
2: Amen. I thank God for those words, Pastor, because it's so true. The enemy wants you to answer something that God didn't intend for us to be able to answer. And when you try to answer, you're using your little Finite mind to try to put your mind where God's mind is, saints, and you're going to fail every time. Some things just aren't meant for us to know. And you've just got to be firm in what you believe. And like Pastor Sam, you cannot answer everything. So stop trying to answer everything. And live your life the way God has called you to. Believe what God has put in you. And that's as far as you can go, saints. You will never be able to answer everything. And some of the questions they ask are just meant to confuse you, to get you to doubt your faith. So you've got to be careful, science, because the enemy is slick, the enemy is conniving, and if you're not careful, you'll get yourself twisted up, and you'll be questioning your faith. Amen? Yes. And,
1: and also keep Amen. in mind, keep in mind,
2: <clears throat>
1: that Satan always tries to duplicate or copy anything that God does, he always does. And just as Jesus will talk to you in a still small voice, the enemy would put on his whispering tactics too. And every now Mm -hmm. and again, he will wanna question your faith. Do you really believe all of this? Do you really believe that someone was raised from the dead for real? This sounds like something you only see on TV. You really expect me. Do you really believe that? And you question yourself. God wants us to be in a position. Where that is not even a question. That we know. Mm-hmm. That, we know that we know. That we know that we know. That he is real. Some people measure. God's realness on power. They want to feel. Mm-hmm. These lightning bolts. Superhero kind of stuff. Well. If you think about it, when Jesus was walking and talking, he wasn't bucking his eyes and had all these wands and making stuff flash all in the air. He was just being God. Wasn't twitching. His eyes wasn't rolling back all in his head. That's behavior that flesh has taken on. That does not mean power. So what is your definition of power to authenticate whether God is real or not? God is an approachable God. Amen. He doesn't behave, he didn't behave in ways where people were like running from him, just scared. Ah, here come God. No, people were accepting miracles because of the way he approached and what he did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes when they ask who he was, he, wasn't, he didn't come up with all these fancy entertainment names. No, I am who I am. It doesn't really matter. I'm just here. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's behavior
1: that God calls us to, to, to take on.
2: To imitate,
0: yes.
2: Yes. And it's just like you're saying, Pastor, often people don't look at God by what you say. They look at God by what you do. You can't talk about the goodness of the Lord when you don't have no goodness in you. You can't talk about the love of God when you don't have no love in you. See, if as representatives of God, God took nothing and made something. He took a big empty space and planted everything in its place. He hung the earth there. He hung the moon there. He hung Jupiter, Saturn, all these things where he wanted them to be out of nothing. And your attitude, saints, people, you can talk about the goodness of the Lord, but if they don't see that God in you, he don't exist. It's just words. And the enemy will use your words to say, well, where's the God in you yesterday when I heard you act in this way or I saw you acting this way? Where was your God then? Where is your God when things ain't going the way they supposed to be. See, saints, we've got to be the same way. God's got to be with us 724. You can't pick up, I think Sister LaShawn said, you can't pick up God on Sunday and Monday through Saturday, your God ain't been nowhere to be seen. But Sunday morning, all of a sudden, he appears. That's the kind of God that folks is looking at in you. And that God's not going to draw anybody because you don't have a 724 God. You don't believe what you're saying. You've got a convenient God that pops up when you need him or when he's or things are going good. But we can't be. We've got to have that God, 724.
1: Yep, and that God that lives in you should show. It's no different from... People looking at you, oh, you act just like your mom. You act just like your dad. I see your mom and dad's character in you. Mm-hmm. When people see us, they should see God's character in us. Does God's mm-hmm. character go on? Just just read all of his stories. Just was He Was he just, who was he? Did he have a humble spirit? Mm-hmm. Did he have a loving spirit? Did he have a giving spirit? Some of those characters, when people look at you, they should see the aura of God on
0: mm-hmm. you. Yes.
1: But if they feel comfortable, like enough, if they feel comfortable mm-hmm. enough to act out of God's character with you, that means that there's something they see in you <laughs> that makes them
0: comfortable to do it.
2: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And a lot of times, it's like you're saying, a lot of times people question the God in you because they don't see a difference in you. It's something when, I can use last week, for example, there was a a new driver that came up and he had said something totally out of the blue. And one of the drivers was walking by and I barely talked to this person. But they walked over and said, hey, you can't talk like that around him. He's a pastor. He's, you know, and I've never said nothing about myself to this person. And they said, you can't talk like that around him. Uh Uh-uh, don't do that around him. And then they just walked away. So, Saints, you got to, to show there's a difference in you. If there's no difference in you, people are going to treat you just like they do everybody else no matter what you said. And there's other people that have talked about Jesus and they says, if you're the kind of Christian that is, I don't want to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. So folks see things in you and it ain't what you say, it's how you act, how you represent. You ever heard that saying, you better represent? So a lot of times saints, we ain't representing. So you can't go to somebody on Sunday and tell them about the goodness of the Lord when Saturday, you and the devil was walking hand in hand.
1: (laughs) Go ahead, Pastor. It was about, you know, it's like about eight years ago now. Um, For some reason I was on, getting on the the tram trolley thing at the airport. You know, those things are like a train. And there was a man sitting in the back Uh, Well, he was holding on to a pole, and then he sat down, and I was getting on. And I held on to my pole, and I said, hey there, Pastor, how you doing?
0: And he looked at me.
1: (laughs) He looked at me, didn't say a
0: word.
1: He looked at me. He said, do you know me? I said, no, I don't. He said, well, how do you know that I'm a pastor? I said, because I see it. And he's
0: Pastor Mm -hmm. King.
1: Pastor Patrick King from New Orleans. What's his name? Mm-mm. When it's there, you could see it. You could see it.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
1: mm-hmm. I have a comment
3: all. on that. Yes, go ahead. Um, when Christine was christened by Pastor Carol, my husband and I were in the church. He was a member of the church at that time. And um, she did the service, and the godparents were my good dear friends. Yes, um, Pastor. I'm sorry, <laughs> mm-hmm. Karen, Karen and Daryl. And I don't know if Pastor Carol remember, but she addressed Daryl. She saw that Daryl was going to end up being a being a pastor, and he'd been a pastor for some years now. wasn't when she said that. <laughs> so uh, he he actually. Um, was an assistant pastor here uh, at a church, um, but they moved back to Ohio and then he joined the church there and uh, became uh, one of the assistant pastors in Ohio today. They've been there for about four years, but that's that's Daryl Reed. Uh, he's a, he's a um, kojic, but yeah, she mm-hmm. sees it. She can see it.
1: What <laughs> What they say, I have eyes have not seen and ears have not heard each girl. <laughs> Peach Are there any other comments or any questions about before the foundation.